Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Network. Opinions expressed in our shows do not necessarily reflect those of the network. Welcome to the Along Came a Writer Show. Today, I'm your host, Linda Kozar, and today I'm going to be interviewing Brittany Ann. Uh, she's an ECPA best-selling author, speaker, and founder of the popular website, EquippingGodlyWomen.com. I hope you'll visit that, where she challenges, encourages, and equips Christian women to be all in in faith and family. Her work has been featured on CBN, The Christian Post, Crosswalk, and more. Brittany is married to an incredible godly husband, and together they have three adorably energetic children. That's a nice way of saying that, isn't it? Welcome to the show, Brittany. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I remember when I was in BSF, um, they would, if you had adorably energetic children, they would say, oh, they're so full of life. (laughs) Yes. I love that way of putting it. I always think to myself when they are being as children are, I am so thankful that I have children who are healthy, who are able to run and play and get along. So I always have to remind myself that when it gets a little bit too noisy in the house. Mm, and we're, or when you're really frazzled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, I want to talk about your book, um, but first let's, Let's do a little background on you. Tell us how you got started. Well, your book is Follow God's Will, first off, if people want to go and check that out. But um, tell us how you got started, um, not just in writing this book, but, you know, a little about your journey towards where you are now. Sure. So I'll try not to make this too long um, to get my entire life story. But I know. I half an hour is not it. long. <laughs> I know. not long enough. I <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home my entire life. My grandpa was a preacher. My mom was and still is the church pianist. So I have grown up around Christianity and the Bible my entire life. But there's this phenomenon that happens to a lot of people right around the time where you go off to college, where you have to decide, okay, is this faith that I grew up with my entire life, is this something that I want to accept for myself and to really make it real and to to walk in it rather than just this is what I've grown up with. And so I went through kind of this dark period in high school and in college where I just was dealing with a lot of things, a lot of spiritual warfare, a lot of questions in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just a really difficult time for me. 
And at that time, I met um, the man who is now my husband, but back then, um, we didn't know that yet, and we ended up getting <laughs> pregnant before we got married. So I very quickly had to do a 180 oh. from being this girl who had all of these hopes and dreams and plans and things that I wanted to do to all of a sudden, I dropped out of school, quit my job, and just was home with a baby. And I remember being in this place of, you know, I don't know what it was that God had for me. I thought that there was some thought that there was some kind of plan or something that I was supposed to do. Um, but here I am just at home in an apartment. I don't have internet. We have no extra money to spare. Like I am so limited in the things that I can do right now. There's so many closed doors. Uh, but the beautiful part about my story that I love is that even when I didn't see God's plan for my life, um, he already knew what it was behind the scenes. He was already working everything out. So oh, yeah. around this time, when I was home with a little one, I started writing online just because I read a random article that said, hey, you could start ghostwriting online to earn some extra income. And I was like, hey, we are flat broke. We have tons of medical bills from this baby and the second one, and we didn't have good health insurance. So I Ooh, started yeah. writing not with this huge plan of, oh, I'm going to change the world or I'm going to write words to encourage people. Um, I wrote so many boring articles about things that nobody cares about just because I was like, hey, if I can make $5 an hour, that is $5 an hour I did not have before. Um, so that's really how I got my start was just at home during nap time. There were so many things I couldn't do, but I was like, okay, what is the one thing I can do? I can crank out these articles. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I ended up starting Equipping Godly Women, where we challenge, encourage, and equip Christian women to go all in in faith and family. And I love that now. Um, even though I was in this place where there were so many doors that were closed, just that one door that was still open is still the same thing that I'm doing today. I'm still working from home. I still have kids around me all the time. Thankfully, they're all at school today. Um, but I always have kids in and out. Um, but it's still something that I could do. So I just love that part of the story that even when I had no idea, God already knew. He was already working things out behind the scenes. If you're a writer, that's something you can do all your life, too. I mean, there's there's no age requirement, <laughs> no age restriction, um, and you can do it your entire life if you've got that, you know, that gift and talent in you. Um, so that must have, did it surprise you when things started catching on or, you know, I mean, how did that how did that work out for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was a surprise. I think sometimes in writing spheres, we tend to think that, okay, well, if I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to just write and people are going to love my ideas or like it feels like you put X in and you get Y out. Like if you do the work, things will happen. And I think mm -hmm. that if you are a brand new writer or even as an experienced writer, sometimes we forget this, that it requires so much more work than we had anticipated going in. When I started blogging, I was like, okay, this is great. Like people make money doing this. Like I could do this as well. And so I wouldn't say it surprised me in the sense that, oh, wow, now I have all of this success that I didn't think I would have. Rather, it was so many hours at the computer um, in my chair writing and writing and writing, just hoping and praying, God, please let this work. Um, just showing up each day, bringing my best and just trusting God with the results because it hasn't been any kind of overnight success or like, oh, wow, here's their success. Um, it really has been just being faithful and keeping in there every single day and a really, really slow build over many years. 
I know people uh, tend to think that you have overnight success, but really it's a slow drip um, before that, that waterfall, you know. And so it, it, it does. It takes time. It takes energy. And it takes a whole lot of work before you get where, well, you don't even know you're going to get anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, when you do, yeah. it's, it's because God got you there, you know, and you were diligent yeah. and persistent. Um, so when did you start tackling the hard questions? What do you find, I mean, most challenging about that? Because, you know, you can read your word and pray and kind of just sit there sort of chewing on things for a long time. Um, so how did you, how did you go about that? Or how do you, because there are lots of hard questions and they seem to get harder with every year. Yeah. Um, so the way that I went about writing my book right now, follow God's will is because there was actually a book that came before it called fall in love with God's word. So we have to start there a little bit. As I was writing all of these articles, I started first with just, okay, what would I want to know? What kinds of things am I dealing with? What are my friends dealing with? What are people online in communities dealing with? And just trying to write about all kinds of topics, whatever I could think of. And then I came across a statistic that said that something like 59% of Christian women wanted to read their Bibles more often, and yet only 16% of women or all Americans, sorry, read their Bibles on at least a weekly basis. And ever since I read that statistic, I thought, hmm, this is something. There's something here. There is something going on where women have this issue. We want to read our Bibles. It's not that we don't want to. We want to do this thing. So when I saw this need, I really dug into it. And I surveyed my community, and I talked to people, and I listened, and I said, okay, what is going on here? We want to read God's Word. Why aren't we doing that? And that is what turned into my previous book, Fall in Love with God's Word. And then from there, it was conversations with the publisher and conversations with so many other women around me who were saying, okay, we know how to start reading our Bible. Okay, that's great. But next, where do we go from here? So right now, we are just in such a time in history where our nation is more politically divided than ever. There's so much fighting. There's so much contention amongst people. And having the pandemic a couple of years ago really was a big shakeup for people where they say, okay, we had this way of yes. doing things before. And I don't know if I want to continue doing that. There's, You see in the news so many stories of people quitting their jobs or going for different jobs. Or there's so many decisions that as I look around and I'm in different groups and talk to people, friends and family, so many people are asking the question right now of, okay, what is God's will for my life? How do I um, figure this out? I know how to read my Bible. Okay, we tackled that. But once I read the Bible, how do I apply that to my day-to-day -day life? Should I homeschool my kids? Should I take this job or that job or stay home? Like, what should that look like? How do I um, spend time with my brother-in-law who isn't a Christian or my niece who's considering abortion or any of these different issues. And so for me, it was really a matter of just paying attention to what are people talking about and seeing that this is such a need right now that women are wanting to know, how do I live this out? So when I write my books, I wish it could just be that, oh, this is something that I have mastered and, you know, I'm going to share all my knowledge. It's not like that at all. Rather, it's trying to figure out, okay, what are the needs that are out there? What are people struggling with? Um, I don't have all the answers, but I can go to God's word. I can do a ton of research. I can spend a lot of time in prayer and I can kind of curate those answers and then present them mm -hmm. to people. So that's really how I go about answering some of those hard questions. Yeah. And it, and it seems like, um, you know, if you're in a Bible study with other women or, you know, or, 
or, you know, just in fellowship, um, these questions do come up and, you know, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you get a question for which you can't really find an answer. How do you deal with that? You know, even if you really, really pray and think about it, it seems just so convoluted. Yeah, that is one of the unfortunate parts. I I hesitate to say this, but the unfortunate parts of the Bible is we wish that the Bible was a how-to manual. We wish that we could just open it up to um, the letter from Paul to the church in America or the letter specifically written to you or to me, but the Bible doesn't give us step-by-step instructions for everything that we are dealing with. It'd be nice if it did. The Bible is full of so many general principles and stories and illustrations that tell us what it can look like. And I think, honestly, that this is grace, though, because we don't have to get into God's word and find a checklist and try to measure up and, okay, check this box and check this box and don't do this and do this. God doesn't ask us to follow a set of rules. God asks us to follow him. So throughout this book and through my ministry at Equipping Godly Women, it really is helping women to, okay, how do we connect with God? How do we find his heart? How do we know what he values, what his character is? And then from there, trying to figure out how we apply that. So practically speaking, that's going to be things like getting in God's word, seeing how people have dealt with these issues or similar issues in the past, spending time in prayer, talking with friends and family and godly mentors who can shed some light on maybe our blind spots or our things that we don't think about to offer a little bit more perspective. I don't think we're always going to get that super clear answer that we're looking for, but we can go to God's word and find some really helpful guidelines that can help us to kind of do a test on what we're thinking. So um, I mentioned in the book, like several tests that you can do. So Does this decision that you're wanting to make or does this thing that you're wanting to say, does it line up with this? Does it line up with this? Does it line up with this? And if it passed the test, great, go ahead, try it. Even if it's not 100% correct, God can guide you from there. Um, But then having those tests is a really good way to say, okay, no, that's not going to be right. So I don't think we're ever going to get 100% clarity, but I think we can get a lot of really good direction that's going to get us really close. And then we can figure it out from there. And then it, it also helps, you know, having the Holy Spirit in your heart because you have that, mm, you have that kind of check in your spirit, like, yeah, oh, that's not really right. <laughs> you know, absolutely, if you don't feel right absolutely. about it, it's, yeah, it's that hesitation. If I, if I uh, feel in my heart, if I hesitate about something, I'm like, mm, I need to rethink this because I'm getting a check in my spirit about this, you know, and to follow, yeah, and- you know, follow along with that too. There have been um, so many times in there have been so many times in my life where I have wanted to say something or do something and I hesitated for some reason that I didn't know. And then mm-hmm. later, you know, several days later or a couple of weeks later, I'll find out new information that I didn't know. That that makes yes. me say, I am so glad I didn't do that. I am so glad I didn't say that because I didn't yeah. know that that was a bad idea. So paying attention to that um gentle whisper or that gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit, even if you don't really understand why, um, but being a little bit more in tune, just taking some time to listen for that can be so helpful. You know, I was thinking, uh, well, with Thanksgiving coming up, um, we think we tend to think of Thanksgiving as such a pleasant family experience. And a, a lot of times you mm-hmm. get together with extended family and friends, but sometimes uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas for families um, is just awful because people get into arguments and everything. What advice would you give 
um, to people to uh, set the tone for a peaceful and wonderful gathering? Yeah, that is a great question. It is so unfortunate that we live in a broken world. There are always going to be people, even people who love God and try to do the right thing, um, even amongst true believers. We have a lot of disagreements, and we can believe very strongly on an issue and have two completely different perspectives. And then you throw in people who aren't necessarily trying to follow God, and then you have even more perspectives. And so I think it comes down to what Jesus tells us. In Matthew chapter 22, some Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, okay, we have been trying so hard to follow the law and we are so overwhelmed. This is a very rough translation, but we are so overwhelmed with trying to follow all of the laws and trying to do the right thing in every situation. And so we would love your perspective, Jesus, of how can we keep up with all of the laws? How can we get all of these things right? Do we need to follow all of the laws or just some of the laws? Like, how do we balance that? And Jesus replies in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And there's also a verse in 1 Corinthians that says, if I don't have love, I'm just a clanging gong. So I think sometimes we can get so caught up in, well, this is right, and I want to make sure that I stand up for truth, and I speak my mind, and I tell people. But Jesus spelled it out pretty clearly. He said, yes, those commandments are important, but all of the commandments, the entire scripture, all of it boils down to two things, love God, love others. So as you are going into these holiday seasons, I think the most important thing first is asking yourself, how can I love God? How can I love others? Yes, there is absolutely a time to speak up, and I have some guidelines for how to do that, but it's not always the time or the place. You might not be the person. There may be somebody else that God has put in somebody else's life to deal with an issue, or there's also the fact that people have free will. They are allowed to make the wrong decision. And it's not up to us to be the morality police and to make sure everybody else does the right thing. There is a Holy Spirit, and it's not you. So, yes, there are times when we should speak up. There are absolutely times when we should set boundaries. But I think the first thing that we need to come back to is, am I doing this out of a sense of love for God and a sense of love for others? Am I speaking up because I genuinely care about this person? Or is it because I want my way to be done? And as a good hostess, you can always cut two slices of pie, and the people who are arguing just put it in front of them. <laughs> pie. Yes. Pie fixes so many things. <laughs> yes, it sure does. Um, so when you wrote your first book, was that the book you mentioned earlier was your first book, right? No, I am actually up to eight now. Eight. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, um, how how was writing that first book? Was it? Did you find it um, just thoroughly, just you know, hair pulling? I mean, did you find it really, really difficult, or did it sort of flow, or you know, how was that? Because there's so many people out there who are in the process of writing their first book, and they'd like to know. Yeah, that's a great question. For me. 
I don't think the first book was as difficult just because I wasn't attempting to write this like a be all end all. This is the book that I'm going to um, promote for the rest of my life. Rather, because I got my start as more of a blogger than really trying to be an author, I got the advice of, oh, just create a little ebook, just throw it out there as a lead magnet, something that you could have out there for sale. So for my first book, I just kind of wrote something up and it wasn't edited as much as it should have been the cover wasn't as beautiful as it could have been but I think that that is something there's something beautiful about that that you don't have to get it completely right the first time you don't have to wait until you have all of the skill you don't have to wait until it's perfect you really can start with just saying hey this is the best that I can do I'm going to do this to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. now and there will be more books later so every single book that I have written has been significantly more difficult than the book previous But that's an okay thing. I did the best of my ability when I was a brand new baby author. And then I learned a lot along the way. I learned um, new writing skills and new marketing skills and all kinds of ideas of things that I could do. And so each time that I write a book, it's a lot more work than the previous (laughs) ones. And so the last every author says that. (laughs) Yeah, they all say they look back though. Yeah, I mean, you look back at your first and you go, oh, I could have done that better, you know, but I like some things about it, but, mm, you know, I mean, but you don't look back. You just go forward. It's a journey. Yeah, yeah. You're you're always learning more and doing better. And I think it's just so much, it gives you so much permission that that first book doesn't have to be perfect. It's probably not going to be your last book ever. Um, Just do your best and learn. And the only way that you can learn sometimes is by doing. So getting in there, making the mistakes, putting out into the world, getting the feedback. um, And then by the time you're ready for your second book, you'll be in so much better of a position to say, okay, I know what I did last time that I did like, what I didn't like. Let's do it again. And you're going to get better each time you go. And sometimes, uh, you know, when you look back, you see how God prepared you uh, for what you're doing now. Like, I think the blogging is an excellent way to prepare for writing a book because you're sitting there and you've got to you've got to turn out the copy. You've got to write. And it's sort of the same thing because you sit there to write a book and it's the same thing. You've got to write a certain amount every day and then, um, you know, sort of like eating an elephant. at a time, you know, you just uh, get it done. And and what a great preparation it's been for you with the blogging. Yeah, I think sometimes people think that they're just going to jump in and they're just going to write this book. And I don't think people realize, even myself included, always realize how much it goes into being an author at the level that you want to achieve or, you know, doing all of these goals that we set for ourselves. I had a conversation with a fellow author when our books came out. We had um, the same book um, launch day recently, and we had these conversations about, okay, if our books don't hit the goals that we wanted, you know, it doesn't mean that we did something wrong. It means that this is hard. It's not supposed to be easy. If writing a book was supposed to be easy, everybody would do it. If hitting these goals or these lists or whatever sales numbers we want to hit were easy, everybody would do it. But instead, it's just getting in, doing your best and saying, you know, it's going to be hard. I wrote for years for peanuts, well below minimum wage, um, for years before 
I built my platform to any kind of thing that even brings in any kind of income. So I think that people sometimes don't realize how much goes into it. But if you are somebody who's in the grind right now, who's like, oh, this is so hard. Yeah, it is hard because you're doing hard things. And that's really cool. And I think if you just stay in there and you don't give up and you keep trying, that's where people really see this the success. Not that they come with this amazing skill that no one else has, but it's those people who say, you know, I am in this. I'm going to keep going. It's going to take way longer than I thought it would. It's going to take way longer than I thought it should. But as long as I just keep going, keep going, keep going, that's when you're going to um, see those some of those external markers that you're looking for. Uh, definitely. Definitely. I agree. Um, one thing I always get from women uh, in my Bible study, in my, my fellowship with other women, is they always um, seem to ask about God's voice. Why can't I hear God's voice? Other, other women do, uh, but I think the majority of people really don't. And did you have any practical tips about um, helping people to, to learn and recognize God's voice? Oh, absolutely. I love practical tips. Um, so a few things that I would say, first of all, is if you want to hear from God, ask him. God isn't somebody who doesn't speak to us. Um, God wants to speak with us. He wants to have communication with us. He is speaking to us all the time. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that sometimes we don't pay attention. So you can start just with a very honest prayer and say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I'm sorry that I've been too busy in the past. I'm sorry that I've been distracted, that I haven't listened. But God, please speak so loudly and clearly. Make your will so obvious. Make your voice so clear that I pick up on it. Um, you can even pray, God, please beat me over the head if you need to. I have prayed this prayer before. God, make it so clear. Um, secondly, is to make sure that you're taking that time to listen. So often we spend all of our first time talking, or if we have a question that we're running around and, okay, I need to read this book or listen to this podcast or talk to this friend or read an article or whatever it is, and we don't set aside the time to actually listen. God doesn't oh, yes. always... Um, Give us the answer that we want right away sometimes because God's not this genie in the sky or a magic eight ball or a vending machine where we just put our money in. Here's your answer right away. Instead, he wants to develop a relationship with us where he talks to us. So setting aside that time where you're actually listening and you're not just spending five minutes talking the whole time and then not taking that time. Um, so first of all, asking him to speak loudly. Secondly, listening. Third, um, that goes right along with that is to be patient because sometimes it can take some time. Um, also getting in God's word. So often I think we say, oh, I wish God would talk to me. I wish he would tell me. Well, he did. He wrote you this really big book. It's full <laughs> of so much wisdom and encouragement. It's, there's so much there. Um, and we want to just skip to that. And we want to say, no, I don't want to like read the big book. I just want the answer for right now. And God's like, no, I already told you. I've already spoken to you. I already told you a lot of this, this thing that you want to know. Um, so getting in God's word, either because he's already told us or because we can often hear God speaking to us through his word. Um, so many times when I'm reading through a passage, I can just feel the Holy Spirit saying, you know, I came through for these people way back then. Look in the Old Testament. Look at all of these people who trusted me, and I came through, and I came through, and I came through. The same God who came through for them back then is the same God that we serve today. And if he came through for them, he's going to come through for me too. Um, 
So I think spending time in prayer, not just talking, but also listening, spending time in the word, taking the time to pause and be still, turn off the TV, put away the smartphone and just listen and be patient. I think those are some of, they seem kind of basic, but those are really um, the things that are going to make the biggest difference. We have just a few minutes left, but I did, I did want to also comment on that and ask you a question. Um, I, I feel like with regards to prayer and the answers we are seeking from God, that we sort of have a fast food mentality um, in terms yes. of, I want the answer right away. Uh, what do you have to say about that? And we just have a few minutes. <laughs> Since you are completely right, I think that's just our culture. We want answers right now. We want everything right now. Um, there's so many services that we're all used to, um, Netflix, content on demand. But God isn't a God of rush. He's not a God who, like, needs everything to get done right now. He's a God who's been around forever, and he's not on a rush. And some things just don't happen right now. It may not be the time yet. He may be waiting patiently for somebody else to do something before you can do what you need to do. Um, and he's so gracious to be patient with us that he doesn't expect us to get our act together right away. So I think some of it is just taking the time turning off the phones, turning off the TV and slowing down and just being present. Yeah. I mean, in the old Testament, um, you know, you'd pray a prayer and it, it might not come, it might yeah. not come to pass for years. Uh, not that we want to wait that Decades. long, but you know, um, you know, you pray and you have to kind of sit back and wait on God, you know, uh, to move. And uh, a lot of us get ahead of God and we have our plan B things that we come mm-hmm. up with. Uh, to make it right on our own. And it's, you know, and it's not God's best for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful for all of the times when I prayed for something and God said no. Because at the time when you didn't get the job or you didn't have the boy that liked you and you were in middle school or whatever it was, there were so many times that I wanted things and God was like, no, I'm not going to give you this thing that you want because I have something better for you. Or it's going to grow your character or it's going to grow my relationship with you or any number of things we don't always know I tell my kids all the time we don't always they don't know they don't always understand why I tell them the things that I tell them they don't have the perspective and it's the same thing with us and God we don't always know but we don't have to know we can trust that God loves us that he wants what's best for us and that he's going to take care of us even if it isn't on the timeline that we would like Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I've had a really wonderful time chatting with you today, and I I hope that um, people will go and check out her website, equippinggodlywomen.com, and you have a podcast, equippinggodlywomen.com, and you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on Pinterest as well. Yes. um, Thank you so much, and um, I wish you the best of success with your latest book and all your books. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you. Bye-bye.